What's brewing, ATX? I'm Jonathan Ratcliffe alongside my co-host Ian Grossman. Unfortunately, our third sidekick, Greg Carlson, couldn't make it in this week because he's so busy taking care of all his clients. But we'll try our best to maintain the energy and quirkiness that he normally brings to the show. We'll drink one for you, Greg. That's right. We will. Maybe two. Maybe two. Welcome back to another episode where three local real estate experts discuss what's happening in Austin as well as learn from business owners from all industries. We have had some pretty cool ones thus far. We've had a cider maker, a local uh, cider maker. We've had a gym, uh, gym owner. We have had, what else have we had? Tommy Want Wingy. Tommy Want Wingy, of course. You can't remember or can't forget that uh, experience with the holy shnikes. Man, that was rough. If you haven't listened to our last episode, episode seven, you've got to go do it if you need to fast forward to, to around the 20-minute mark. It's pretty entertaining. It is. We tried the hottest wings in town. And all cried like a little girl. <laughs> uh, this week, we're going to provide you with the five tips for starting a business. And this is what we're consistently hearing uh, when we're speaking to these entrepreneurs. Uh, so this isn't just coming out of our asses. This is good, juicy stuff, the same thing, uh, or the, the themes that you can learn from and prepare for if and when you go to start your own business, regardless of the industry that you're in. And so, Can I just add, the interviews have been, like, I think so much better than we we even expected, and we've learned so much. So absolutely. I feel like that's why we decided today to kind of take a step back and almost just, like, recap from what we've learned from all these great businesses around the city. Yeah, and, and even though they're in such massively different industries it's very similar what they kind of go through and you know the phases of of their business so it's we're gonna we're gonna talk about those today as always be sure to follow us on instagram at what's brewing atx subscribe to us on itunes spotify google Podcasts, and give us that five star rating let us know if you have any suggestions on topics or guests that may be perfect for the show we're always always entertaining new guests so sure. And, of course, be sure to stick around for our weekly brew at the end of the podcast. Um, This week we're going to discuss Amazon's plans to make a huge impact on Austin's economy over the next couple of years. They're coming. We'll be ready for them. Oh, yeah. So, before we get started on our topic, of course, we're going to introduce the beer that we're drinking today. So, Ian, take us away. What are we drinking? We are drinking some ice cold. Ooh, this... I'm ready for this. Some ice cold Zilker Brewing Company. So if you haven't been to Zilker Brewing, it is in East Austin. So they're located at 1701 East 6th Street. Um, It's right amongst all the hustle and bustle that has taken place on East 6th. And there's three parts of 6th Street. Jonathan, you've been in Austin for a long time. Yep, and I've been. You've to all probably parts. gone through the phases. Where did you start? So, of course, when you come to Austin, everyone says to go to the infamous Dirty Sixth Street or just Sixth Street, but that is really kind of like the central. Um, it's right west of Thirty Five. It's pretty which much is the main highway. Congress to Thirty Five, right? Is right. Dirty Six. Yeah, and that's you know the old historic, and they call it Dirty Sixth Street because it's much like a Bourbon Street or something where there's a bunch of bars and they 
you know, close down the streets after a certain time from Wednesday through Sunday, basically. Um, and that's where it just gets crazy. But it brings a younger crowd, a lot of um, tourists. I mean, and it's called Dirty Six for a reason. Yeah, and it's it's a lot of fun, the, and the bars are, are fun. But I think once you have done that for a certain period of time, then you transition to the West, uh, West Six, which is a little more upscale, nicer, newer bars. It's probably only been around for, what, five, ten years, something like that? Yeah, I honestly, I mean, it was here when when you got when here. I moved here in 2013, but it was, it was just more starting of to like take the, off when I got here. Yeah, it was more of like the young professional yeah type crowd. Yeah, you're gonna get the the 30 and ups. But and then, then you go to the Zilk Zilker Brewing, which mm-hmm. is that's E6. E6, right? East to 35, much more. How would you say artsy? Artsy, some more dive bars. It's over the last couple of years. It's it's gotten a little bit. Uh, you say cleaner in a sense, but it's it has lost a little bit of the, I think the east side vibe. Yeah, there's some nice hotels and stuff coming in, but um, that's part of the city's growth. Yep. You know? So anyway, Zilker's on East Six. They've got a ton of different types of beers. They've got IPAs, pale ales, blondes. They've got a, an incredible coffee milk stout. Today we're going to be drinking the Parks and Rec Pale Ale. And before I continue. Let's crack it open because I'm it. thirsty. Let's do it. And a good old podcast. Cheers. Cheers, mate. First sip is down. So again, this is a. Ooh, it's pretty good. It is good. Again, this is the Parks and Rec Pale Ale. Um, they describe it as crisp, citrusy, and incredibly balanced. And after drinking it, I was about to say smooth. Yeah, but balance works. It's ba- Yeah, it's it's. It's not just like a, a plain old lager where, you know, it's basic. It's got some a little bit of complexity to it, but um, I always love the citrusy taste in a beer, not the fruitiness of like a cider. But this one's pretty good. I feel like we've had I feel like we've had a couple of good ones on here that are that have that yeah citrus. Jonathan wouldn't let me buy the coffee milk stout. That's mm-hmm. what I wanted to go for, but. It's just, just weird. It's it. just weird for me to have milk in a beer. I mean, coffee in a beer. <laughs> not, not, not milk in a beer. Coffee in a beer. That coffee taste. Um, it, I don't know. Just yeah. No, I hear you. But anyway, their tap room is awesome. Um, it's surrounded by, you know, there's new hotels being built over there, but there's some other cool bars over there. There's one of my favorite little places, the Tamale House East mm. on East Sixth Street. Um, Delicious tamales. It's kind of hidden, but right next door to Zilker Brewing. Um, they've got the way their tap room is designed. They pretty much have, they want to showcase every part of the brewing process. So you sit in their tap room and you can see everything surrounding you. It's pretty cool. And and their bar, it's a custom bar. It was hand designed by local artisans over at Petrified Design. Um, so again, bringing the local and the artsy into East Austin. What does that mean? A Petrified Design? That's the name of the design company. Oh, Oh, okay. Um, and then, of course, a food truck. Spicy Boys. Spicy Boys fried chicken food truck. Nice. On site to get your fried chicken on while you drink some beer. Nothing better. That's correct, as we did last week here on our podcast. Um, so, cool. So I've, what's the – what are we going to share today? Today we're going to be talking about the five tips for starting a business. Again, this is, this is from – 
from the, the business owners and entrepreneurs that we have brought on, um, and also from our own experiences, because we have started our own businesses as well. So the first one, and probably the most important, of course the most important, is determining your why or your purpose, why you're starting the business. Let's talk a little bit about that. So this is often known as like, you know, the idea phase or, or the story, um, how you got started, which is, I feel like it's pretty, it's like the romanticized part of, of when you're starting a business. You know, it's what everybody, all these startup um, companies or what you see on Shark Tank, it's like how, how you got started and it's like, it's, I don't know what, like what it is, it creates this... Um, could have been an ex- a life experience or just something that you've always enjoyed doing that you're passionate about. Yep, and people often cry about it. <laughs> <laughs> it feels like every time you watch a episode of Shark Tank, someone's crying about their, you know, how it got started. I think uh, one thing though is that people think about the why too deep. Like they want it to be like this profound thing when it doesn't always have to be that complicated. Right. You know. Right. Definitely. What uh, one thing that we've kind of talked about and uh, learned is that just think about things that you're already doing on a daily basis. Like there, there's a lot of times there's two ways to go about this. Like one, uh, I guess one type of um, startup idea phase is like you want to sit down and think about what it is that you want to create. And I, I personally have done this when I started the uh, fitness apps with uh, a couple of buddies, like we we didn't know what we were going to start. We just wanted to start something, and we didn't work want to work for our corporate jobs anymore. So we did go through that. But how it transitioned into what we started was, what do we do on a daily basis, and how can we like make that more efficient, or you know make it better? Um, and that's what ultimately we were all into fitness and started the app thing. So uh, from there, of course, we created the big why. Like, why are we doing this? Um, what impact is it going to have on us and other people's lives yeah. and i think that's the most important thing thinking of what you're passionate about and yeah you might have a better solution than what's out there and it can help more people yeah so referencing let's say true fusion who have come on uh they were just a couple fitness junkies they were um both i guess well before they were together the the husband and wife, they were they met in a gym, met in a gym and trainers. And then, you know, of course they had the passion for it. They got married and they decided that they wanted to start a, some sort of gym or franchise. And that's how, how they got going with it. And we'll talk a little bit about um, their story a little more in a minute with the next topic. But, um, and I loved in our conversation with Tommy Wong Wingy, yep. how, we were like trying to look for this. Like, how did you guys get started? We were looking for something profound. They were like, we just love making Neil, wings. Neil went to culinary school and he knew how to French cut a wing, which if you don't know what that is, listen back to that episode. But he was like, I started doing it. We started making the wings for ourselves and they were really, they were really good. And then we started making them for our friends and they kept asking for more. So we said, maybe we can start a bit. And, and they might not necessarily be, being impacting or they might not necessarily be impacting like people with it's not like a product that will change someone's life it's a wing right right it will change your life though if you haven't eaten it <laughs> it, they, it will they're, they're, game they're freaking changers. good but they will employ people and he talked about mentoring yep people that want to start a food truck so it's it's beginning to evolve into this plan which 
it's not always the case from the beginning, but we'll talk about that later. Yeah. How it'll evolve, your why. And then Moon Tower Cider is another good one, too, that, that, you know, he was traveling. Where was he traveling exactly? I can't remember. He was in Scotland. In Scotland. And I was like, why the hell weren't you thinking of making whiskey? Yeah, yeah, Scotch. That's right. right. And he loved drinking cider. Scotland apparently is a great place for it or one of the... I think he was just like, he was hiking, he said, in Scotland and just like surrounded by the scenery. And he was like, I just had this kind of moment where yeah. I was inspired to do something different. And so he started making it out of his home and then it turned into, this is actually pretty darn good. And so created a business out of it. So that's the step. That's the first step is just determining your why and your purpose. And don't think too much about it. Yeah, don't don't try to romanticize it. it. I mean, it might turn out to be that way, but really just think of think of your daily, you know, your daily routine and, and what can what can come of that. Let's go into to the second one, Ian. So number two, we talk about how to get started. Um, really, it's simple. Jump right in, like Zach Brown Band. That's right, like Zach Brown Band, one of my favorite songs. Jump right in. You just got to do it. Um, we all want to perfect. We, we wait to perfect our craft before we release it. Kind of like with this podcast, we were talking about, you know, we could come up with ideas and, and make sure we have a whole schedule planned out. And I remember Greg and I were talking. He's like, let's just record it and see. It's not live, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Just do it. And of course, this is not a business. We're doing this for, for fun. But with a business, sometimes you just got to do it. And you don't, you want to get to level 10 before, you know, all the baby steps that, that take to get to level 10. Right. And it's not always the case. You got to, you got to get started. Have you ever heard the term paralysis by analysis? I sure have. I get, I mean, that affects me all the time. It's like yeah. you, you, analyze and think about well if i do this the wrong way or if i do that this way then you know i'm just afraid to start that will cripple you when you're starting a business you got to just get started and i don't think we need to reference anyone else except ourselves here yeah so let's talk about you going from being a teacher to real estate Mm -hmm. what was it four or five years ago yeah i was a i was an elementary school teacher I, i was surrounded by 10 and 11 year olds for seven years and Real estate was something that I, I was interested in. And to be honest with you, has a low barrier to entry from a, like a licensing standpoint. Mm-hmm. With not a lot of money and with a few weeks, you can get a real estate license and, and get Maybe started. Maybe a couple months, depending on your time, but yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, it, yeah, it depends on how long it takes you to do the classes. But for me, I did it. I got my license over the summer when I was a teacher. Mm-hmm. And I remember I had my license, but I did not, I was too afraid to go full-time into real estate. I can like, totally see that. That's, that's a scary. huge jump. It's a huge jump. And I remember I was at, I was on Rainy Street with a friend of mine. It was my wife, a friend of mine, his wife. And we were talking about it. And she said, just fucking do it. <laughs> that's, that's literally what she said? That's what she said. So you can thank her right now for that huge I've closing. thanked her before. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? I did. That's that's it. So I told my school that I was I was done, and I went full time into real estate. Did you had you even like started with it yet before you went full time? Were you? 
No. I had a few people ask me questions about like houses and stuff, and I didn't really know what I was talking about then. Um, and going from surrounding yourself by 10 and 11-year-olds to now working with the biggest purchase anyone will ever make or selling their house, which is a huge, huge deal. Yeah. It, it was tough for me to get used to, but you do it, you know? And I learned along the way. I had a good support system, um, good training at my company at Keller Williams, which is where we are now. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I just, I just fucking did it. Just did it, <laughs> yes, sir. So and you started for, something too, right? That's right. Before I, real estate, yeah. And before I even talk about that, like when you did start, I just I think this is a good little um, thing to to mention. It's just like the costs of things because no matter what you get into i mean some people start with and there's nothing wrong with either either way some people start with doing it part-time and you know having a a side gig i i did uber for a while i know you said you did it for a little bit too um i even bartended before as i was getting into real estate um and that was necessary because i just didn't have you know thousands of dollars saved up for for the few months of slowness that's going to happen when you get into a new business, especially any sales role. Um, but if you do have that, I would say to jump right the hell in without, with nothing on the side. And why? Because it forces you to, I mean, it forces you every single day to grind yeah. and, to, and to work and work the, the right way, the hard way to learn those necessary things early on. Because if you're, if you got, you know, one foot in or what is it, toes in the water, you're just not going to be... Another Zach Brown reference. Uh, that's right. <laughs> you're just not going to be... Um, I guess... You, you're not going to be committed the right. way you... Yeah, and and having... When you have a side gig, when you keep this as your side gig, it also gives you a safety net. And sometimes taking that safety net out, as hard as it is, it's the best decision you can make. I agree. And so I guess my story would be the, the app business. And again, I was working at... Dell, you know, corporate America and had a good, good, solid um, paycheck coming in consistently, although I just didn't want to work my way up that corporate ladder. So I did, again, ultimately decide we're going to start this business. Um, Once we got past the what we're doing phase, uh, we just quit our jobs within like... Was it you and one other, other... And two other people. Two other people. Okay. Uh, And there were you know, best friends, roommates in college. And we quit our jobs within a two-week period of each other. And we just dove right in. Had zero idea of how to design an app, how to code one up, which were we going to do it ourselves? Were we going to get someone to do it? We didn't know anything about developing an app, but we just jumped right in. Jumped right in. So um, highly recommend doing that. And then as as far as like the fear and what if I do it and I'm, sitting there and nothing happens you know how long does it take to like to get going does it take months does it take weeks like what are we talking i mean let's talk about real estate yeah i mean i think it obviously depends on the industry you're in with real estate is a different animal in my opinion because you could technically have a payday within 30 days of getting started you know if if the right things line up. Yeah, and if you if you plan the right way, I feel like exactly. while you're you know getting your license, have those have a sphere of influence, have yeah, your database. Let people know li- what you're doing. Exactly. Um, I was fortunate that the way the teaching um, pay calendar works, 
I stopped working in June when the school year was over, but I still got paychecks in July and in August. <laughs> so you were full-time in real estate basically while you were getting paid? I was full-time in real estate that summer, and I still had two paychecks nice. that came. So that was nice, but we're talking p- teacher paychecks. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, those only last you so long. Until the next one. <laughs> exactly. T- until the next one. Exactly. And, and you know, part of it was I started thinking about the things I back to step number one. I started thinking about the things I wanted. And I wanted to be able to travel. And I wanted to be able to afford to live in Austin because it's an incredible city to live in. So putting all those things together, I was like, just do it. Yes, sir. And I, and I'll say as well, like, it's it comes up very often and this question gets asked like how long does it take to get started and again like you said every sales role is different in real estate in particular you have to give it six to twelve months there's no way yeah. that in two three months things are going to just you know catch fire for you because and it could um, but you you got to give it that time to to marinate for you to learn um, and it's and it's just going to be about six or so months until you really start to I guess hit a hit a thriving point. I would say in most industries, it's all, it's double or triple that. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and so that actually leads perfectly into our third yeah um, step, which would be to manage your expectations and be persistent. Um, so again, we have the first one, which is to determine your why or your purpose. The second one, jump right on in and get started. And the third is managing your expectations and be persistent. It's extremely important to have huge goals and aspirations for sure. Um, yet you have to know that it's just you're not going to have a million dollar company tomorrow. It's not going to happen. Uh, it's not going to happen overnight, and probably not even for the first couple of years, maybe. You yeah. know, depending on what it is. Uh, which, like we just talked about, in our business in general, I mean, it's six to twelve months, and that's not that's not for you to be. You know, y- your life has changed yet. You're not comfortable yet. You still have so much more to go. I mean, I'm now in my fourth year, yeah. and now I feel like, okay, I'm thriving. Starting I'm to. I'm thriving, yeah. yeah. Whereas feel my first down. year, I was like, uh, that was good. That was way better than what I expected, but it's not where I want to be. The second year, I was like, okay, like, you know, now I can start to save, and, I, and I'm paying off all my debts. And the yeah. third year is when you're like, all right, now we're – I know why I'm doing this. Yes. And again, I'll be honest with you. When I left teaching, it was because I wanted to make more money. Yep. Which it's my my being in real estate, my thoughts and feelings have evolved since then. Yes. But at that point, I was like. And we're going to get into evolving. Yeah. I've, I've, I've made twenty six dollars to $2,800 a month for seven years now as a teacher. And I didn't know what else was out there until I switched careers. Yeah. You know. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about how both of our kind of whys or purposes have, have evolved. But yeah. I think with expectations and, and being persistent, again, thinking back to our last episode with Tommy Want Wingy, how long have they they've been going at it since, what, 2010 or 2012? 2012. 2012, said, yeah. so seven years. They just last year, the year before, opened their second food truck, and they're now starting to talk about maybe a brick and mortar. Right. You and know? they said, remember, the first three years was first three a years. shitty location with, like, them sh- basically sitting there for hours and no one showing up. make 10 out. bucks. 
Yeah, they. I mean, they sales. had to stay open in order yeah. to to keep it going. And that's worse. That's the worst. Have you ever been to one of those food truck parks, and you oh, yeah. see like a line wrapped around the tables at one, one food them, truck, and then the, the other, other ones are just sitting twiddling their twiddling their thumbs. Yeah, like that's real. I mean, that's that's it. And then six months later, you probably don't see them there. So, exactly. But kudos to them for 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 staying with it, being persistent, even when. I mean, of course, you gotta. You have to know when you know this is this is what you want to do or yeah. not. Um, yet, if it is what what you could see yourself and you have that vision, stick with it. Stick with it even through the grind. You got to break through those moments of, you know, am I doing the right thing? Why? Why am I still doing? Like, I'm not making money. I'm miserable. I'm sitting in a hot food truck. Like, why am I doing this? But got to be persistent. you got to survive before you thrive. Survive before you thrive. I actually heard, so, um, when you watch, you, or you know of Tony Robbins, right? Of course. Yeah, I've heard of that guy. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people do. Who, who doesn't know of him? Um, but he said, he came to Austin. He did a really cool thing um, here. And he said, expectations um, and the gap between expectations and reality is what, creates pain for people so you have expectations you have reality and the further that gap is apart from each other uh, the more trouble you tend to have yeah so one it's important to manage those expectations and know that you know you you really can't have the the how do you say just these overbearing expectations that you think that it's going to go this exact way because every time almost every time you're going to be let down so manage those, but also fill that gap um, between that and reality, and, and you'll probably be much better off early on. So, And we're going to talk about some podcasts later that are good for like people starting a business. There's one in particular called How I Built This, and the guy that, that hosts it interviews top entrepreneurs from all the companies that you know and I know, Airbnb, Instagram, uh, TRX bands. Yeah. All, I mean, some of the greatest companies, greatest entrepreneurs that ever lived, and all of them failed. And when you listen to those episodes, every single one of them failed and was living in a tiny apartment and was eating, you know, ramen noodles, whatever. And they were able to to push through and and now look at them. And that's not even... There, that's a that's just a small sample size oh, yeah. you know, of, of the stories out there. Um, all right. Number what four. Is the fourth one. So we want to encourage you to prepare for the challenges ahead and embrace the chaos. I know that's easy to say, right? Embrace the chaos that's going to come your way and hit you in the face like a tidal wave. But anyone who starts a business is going to have unforeseeable obstacles that come up and you might want to quit you might cry oh you're gonna cry you might go to your your biggest competitor and see if if you could take advantage of what they're you know like Mm. you might try to steal idea you might try to do all sorts of things just to scratch your way back to the surface you gotta embrace it you know, I was teaching a class. Um, I'll do every Fridays. I do this little power hour session, and a lot of the new agents come in, 
And we go over script practicing and then we, you know, make some phone calls to our database and everything, make sure our clients are taken care of. So a lot of the new agents come in there to learn from, from us and, you know, get some script practice in. And this one lady came in one day, I'll never forget. This was only a few weeks ago. And I said, hey, how's it going? I'd never, never seen her before, so she was very new. And she goes, I'm all right. Uh-oh. And I, exactly. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> and it was just me at the time. I was up there at the podium. It was just the beginning of the class. So, you Put know, people were very psychiatrist hat on. And I was like, here we go. Yes, as a, as a real estate agent, you're, you're, you're definitely a psychi- psychiatrist, not only to, to your clients, but also to uh, fellow realtors at <laughs> yeah. times. Um, but I just knew I was in for it. So I was like, what's going on? And she just burst out into tears in like probably 10 seconds of knowing of introducing myself to I'm like oh my god so anyway we sit down and talk about it and she's freaking out comes to find out she's a month and a half in the business she's got a um, a client under contract she has a closing next week and then she has a few other potential leads coming up and I said do you understand it's like rocking it I said do you understand that most people don't close a deal but you know, until after three to six months of doing this, like a month at least, and a, at least, at least. I mean, there's usually people it's that like are, six to twelve. Yeah, there's people that have been here a year and haven't closed a deal, and she's got a deal about to close, you know, in less than two months, something under contract, and then some leads in the works. And you know, she can you can tell she was the worry, the worry animal type, and um, but nonetheless, you're gonna cry and you're gonna feel like what the hell am I doing? But you just got to embrace that. And you got to know that there is, there is clear water. Light at the end of the tunnel. Light at the end of the tunnel. As they say. Yes. One of the biggest things with that is hearing the the talking heads, hearing the the things that people are saying. This isn't for you. That business is unstable. You're not, you're not a salesman and this and that. Like you've got to stay true to yourself. And if you're listening and you don't know who Gary Vaynerchuk is, who's more commonly known as Gary V, um, when you're done listening to us after you give us a five-star rating and subscribe to our podcast. Yes, of course. Go look up the Gary V audio experience. And he says this all the time, that as soon as we start valuing the opinions of others too much, we've lost. We're done. Because once you let that outside influence take control of what your actions are and what you believe, then it's impossible to, to thrive. You know, when we, you, whatever you're doing, if you're posting on social media or if you're doing an email marketing campaign, whatever it is, you're not going to see results right away. And that's okay. You got to be in it for the long haul and not worry about getting seven likes on your posts or getting one comment or zero shares. Um, I post things all the time on Facebook and Instagram and I ask for people to to comment. I'm, I'm like, yeah, comment with your favorite. The other day I posted about coffee shops. Comment with your favorite coffee shop and zero people commented. <laughs> and guess what? I'm releasing another video next week and I'm going to release one the following week and, and you just got to keep doing it. If I looked at that and, and let that affect me, I might say, Ooh, people don't like my video. Maybe I shouldn't continue yeah. to post, but 
not letting that outside influence affect you. Just keep going with it and and know that, that there's going to be. Can you say that that quote again? Was as long as soon as you start? Yeah, as soon as we start valuing the opinions of others too much, we've lost. That's beautiful. It's beautiful. You so don't. true. Yeah. So for the fifth tip to for starting starting a business, we have be ready to evolve often. It never it almost never ends up basically how you started. Um, the process is going to change many, many times. You're going to pivot your business, sometimes entirely different than, you know, the way you ever thought you would or the way you started this whole thing up. Um, so you really just got to keep focusing. And I think that focusing on that big why, why you did this in the first place, who you're impacting, how are you impacting yourself and how are you impacting, impacting others? I think that if you focus on that, um, then, you know, you you got to just know that things are going to change a bit, but that's going to kind of bring you back, uh, you know, on, on the track. Yeah. Um, also note though, that big why can change several times. Several totally. times, like you said, and that's what people don't people think that their why again has to be so profound that it's like this long term fifty year plan. Yeah. When that's so easy to lose track of. Yeah. You know, and and keep following so. If you have a why, let's say you let's say your why is I want to buy a house. Yeah. Like you're just because I want to be able to purchase a house and have it myself, own it myself. Own a house. Once that happens, well then guess what? Yeah. Let's start thinking of a different why. Maybe you want to now buy rental properties. Maybe you want to have kids and a family one day. Maybe you want and to, so you want to you know be able to provide for them. Exactly. Um, it it changes so often. I I. I talked to an agent the other day and he said everything changed for him when he him, he and his wife had the baby uh, yeah. actually when they found out they were getting pregnant you just saw him going going from um, you could say a little bit lazy or um, coming in the office periodically to I saw him here every single day yeah and his energy was bright and he was he was hungry he was ready he knew he had to because because that baby, that yeah. family. So it's going to change. And again, I, can't, I feel like I'm a broken record here, but it doesn't have to be. Think about ways that you can help yourself and, like you said before, Jonathan, help others. So your impact, your your why can can have several branches to it. Just make sure it's something that will keep you driven. Agreed. I do agree. So so there you have it. We're, we're keeping it simple today. Five tips for starting a business. I'm going to go over them real quick again. Determine your why or your purpose. Jump right in. Just fucking do it. Just fucking do it. Manage your expectations and be persistent. I, I mean, once you got the idea and your big why and your purpose, like this is persistence is key. Uh, if you've ever, there's a book called Grit. Yeah best book I've read in years because it just talks about nothing like studies show you know all these people that are so talented and um, that are that are the smartest in the class those people aren't the ones that win it at the end of the day it's the people that have the most grit that just yep. keep on pounding the pavement and doing it over and over four prepare for the challenges embrace the chaos and then five 
be ready to evolve often. So that that is the five tips for starting a business that we have for you today. Can I add a couple of podcast recommendations? Please do. So again, if you're listening to this and you want to diversify in your podcast listening, um, there's a few that I recommend that I'd love to share. So one is the one I referred to earlier, how I built this on Mm -hmm. interviews with some of the greatest entrepreneurs that we know and companies that have affected us uh, and the way we live day to day. We got Entrepreneurs on Fire, another interview. Actually, most of these are interview podcasts. Um, Founder is another great one that was just introduced to me the other day, but great topics all geared toward business owners and entrepreneurs. Okay. That's that's F-O-U-N-D-R. Okay. The Founder Podcast. And the last one, the Gary V Audio Experience. Again, Gary V, Gary Vaynerchuk is a social media guru and is huge with Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, just podcasts, getting yourself all over the place, Mm -hmm. um, putting yourself out there and not worrying about the direct response. Just continue to add value and people people will tune in. I have to say, too, I'll add to that. Yep. The Joe Rogan podcast, the Joe Rogan oh, yeah. experience, I think that one's awesome. You shared I mean, a really good one the other day. Yeah, yeah. He's got one on longevity, episode one, two, three, four. Just, Easy to remember. It is, one, two, three, four. Man, that shit has you thinking, for sure. I even, like, ordered all these awesome <laughs> supplements and stuff anyway. But uh, You really, do look a little. I see your veins popping out a little more, too. Yeah, you know, been working on it. <laughs> Uh, but no, he, he, he does a really good job of bringing just the top industry professionals and whatever, you know, um, whatever the topic is. And he is, he's done a great job. I mean, it's probably one of the most followed podcasts out yeah. there. And I'm sure his first few were not. Right, right. It was an evolution. So, didn't you say something awesome. about Amazon? We talked a little bit about Amazon in our, in our intro. Amazon... Weekly brew, 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 brew. Oh, Greg, sorry, man. The weekly brew. brew, That's Greg's favorite part. So (laughs) we'll pour one out for for him. Um, Yeah, this week's weekly brew, Amazon is bringing 800 more jobs to Austin. They're investing over $7 billion in tech. Not just, this isn't just Austin, but um, they're investing over $7 billion into Texas for building all sorts of things that, I mean, when when we hear things like cloud infrastructure and wind farms, a lot of that stuff is over my head, but we know it's going to be employing people, and what's it ultimately going to do for our economy? It's going to help it thrive. Bump it right up. And, you know, <clears throat> these are not just, like, these are not entry-level jobs. I mean, we're talking high-paying jobs. Yeah. Um, so that's awesome. We didn't quite get the... The fifty thousand person campus or whatever it was that they were, they were you know putting out there. HQ two. HQ two. Not yeah. in Austin. We didn't get that one last year, um, and I'm I feel like I heard something about whoever won it, which was a DC area. Well, it was it was split between Virginia and um, New York, but I think they left New York. Yeah, they decided not to do it for whatever reason. Yeah, um, that is true. So anyhow, we didn't quite get that. Yet 800 more jobs and high-paying ones, that's a pretty big impact, too. I don't even know how the 50,000 would have 
That would have been just nuts here. Traffic would have been ridiculous. Yeah, Austin's infrastructure, um, unfortunately, is not the best. And with the growing population is struggling to to keep up. The roads are, are very slow these days. Yes. Mopac, also known as Slowpack, <laughs> is living up to its name. Or Mopact. Mopact. Is living up to its name. It is. So this is coming in 2020. And this will make them the number two largest employer of Austin behind Dell. Which has been around forever. And it's closely behind Dell, so yeah. Wow. That's nuts. I worked at Dell. It's got, it feels like you're in a different city over there. Oh, yeah. There's several buildings. It's crazy. That's up in Round Rock, That's right? up in Round Rock, yep. yeah. All right. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Remember to subscribe to us on iTunes. We'd love that five-star rating. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at What's Brewing ATX. And I'd just like to chime in real quick. I want to remind chime you guys. Chime into yourself. Chime into my, <laughs> to myself. I just want to remind our listeners because we got a comment or two that uh, people, you know, we don't say it enough, but we are realtors in the area. We are real estate experts. We understand the market north, south, east, west, Austin. Um, so we're here if you have questions and you know need advice on, on that front. Um, but also that gives us the access to have you know great uh, relationships with business owners and people here in our Austin area, which is why we decided to start this podcast. So yeah, it's great to be able to help support the local businesses, whether they're small businesses or companies that are just coming to Austin that are, again, going to help out the economy, employ people, and make a difference. Yes, sir. We will end with a little quote from Zig Ziglar. Give it to us. If you help enough people get what they want, you will get what you want. Oof. I like it. Cheers to that. Cheers, guys. Thank you.